0: Welcome to Planet Nola. I'm your host, Mary Jacobs. This is the podcast where I talk to people in New Orleans that I think are cool or doing cool things, just some folks I'd like to shine a little bit more light on. And today, I have a very special guest. I have Devonte Lewis with me. Devonte Lewis is running for Public Service Commission to be a Public Service Commissioner here in Louisiana, District 3, correct?
1: That is correct. That's and correct.
0: I wanted to have him on here to talk a little bit about the role. It's a role that is incredibly important, and it is not known people don't know it so let's talk about it let's get to know it because it affects your life it affects our community and it really affects people in our community who it hurts the most which are our disadvantaged people people of lower incomes it's so we really need to be aware of this role in our state, and I'm very interested in you running for it. And I wanna learn a little bit more about you. Yeah. Um, are you, you're from Louisiana originally? I am,
1: born and raised, grew up uh, in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, then I've spent about four years outside of Atlanta, and then I've been back here in the state for about the last five years in Baton Rouge.
0: That's what's up. And you are running for Public Service Commission. Now here's my understanding of it as like a very, I'm politically, in it, but I'm not like super. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get confused between like Senate and House and all that stuff sometimes. So I'm not that thick. But, um, essentially, you the the role is giving you give oversights to things that affect us as citizens, such as utilities mm-hmm. and.
1: So that's the end of my explanation. I know other things, but that's the most powerful one. Maybe you I will, should keep going. I will tell people the Public Service Commission, it, it regulates uh, your utilities, water, sewage, uh, broadband, um, pipelines, mm-hmm. taxicabs. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of regulatory jurisdiction under them. They, I, I'm a nerd, so I like to do quick facts. Uh, they have in the 1984 constitution made themselves an independent branch of the executive branch of government. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have so much power that let's, for instance, the legislature wanted to start enacting policies around um, regulating your utilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PSC has sued the state multiple times and won. Cause they're like, so you're say,
0: stepping on my toes. This is
1: mine. And so that power solely lies in the hand um, of the PSC uh, sometimes not even in the judiciary because we've made it part of the executive branch of the functioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't even sue the PSC to take them to the the court. So
0: why don't people know about the Public
1: Service Commission? Because people don't want them to know about the Public that's Service. That's what Commission. I. That's what I would like to understand. If you are Intergy, so we are we have what's called a regulated monopoly. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, I'm aware means,
0: of this. Yes.
1: So for those who may not know, a regulated monopoly means like unlike Facebook our Meta, our our Amazon or Google, these are monopolies that exist, but they aren't regulated by governmental entities. So for instance, Intergy, Louisiana, let's use them as the the big bad wolf because they are. uh, They are regulated by the PSC, which means the PSC controls their profit margin. Mm -hmm. So even though they have private shareholders, Mm -hmm. the Public Service Commission every year says, this is the maximum amount of money that you can bring in for you and your shareholders. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is... Why I think Entergy um, likes to buy off, as I say, all of the people on the PSC, and why we only have five members, which means each district's over eight hundred and fifty thousand people. Yeah, because it's now a, a, a bigger district, which means you lot you need a lot of money to run. Right, which means if they – and who only wants to, most people aren't interested in this. Who's interested? Energy Cox. AT&T, which means they control the money for this because mostly everything else goes through the legislative process Mm -hmm. or through the governor. So all of the other campaign finance money goes that way. Um, And so it just stays under the radar because... Mm -hmm. Uh, the commissioners don't bring attention to the issues they work on, mm-hmm. and the utility companies and certainly vehicles, aren't
0: going to. No,
1: they don't want anybody to know that they're being regulated. If they knew that every fee, if you flip over your, your energy bill, mm-hmm. and you see all those all fees. All those fees. So many fees. last one of them goes up before the PSC for a vote before it shows up on your bill. Energy does not have independent power to put those on your bills by so themselves. So it
0: sounds like our current representatives for the PSC are doing a horrible job because energy is awful right now awful, notably notably awful and totally gouging <laughs> how much our citizens are paying do we still have a, a moratorium right now
1: no uh the so there the, was an
0: energy shut off moratorium right so but only basically for, the
1: only for new orleans i think one not thing, louisiana yeah but one thing i should we should clarify is Intergy new orleans um is regulated by the city council of new orleans Entergy Louisiana is regulated by the PSE. So there is a little bit of a jurisdictional. So will divide. I still
0: be able to vote for you?
1: You are still be able to vote for me and for instance the transmission line that fell in fell into mm-hmm. uh, the river. That is owned and controlled by PSE because it crosses the jurisdictional line. But as terms of like the fees on your utility bill, if you are entergy New Orleans, your city council person is the one mm-hmm. who will approve that. But everything else, your broadband, mm-hmm. uh, all of that other stuff goes through um, the Public Service Commission, so but it the, makes it a little different here. So
0: the moratorium was just for New Orleans, and it's not extended statewide. It which... wasn't,
1: and when we asked them, when I announced I was running for office, I called a pledge to the PSC to I want to say city. really
0: quickly, the moratorium made it so if people were unable to pay their energy bills in the dead heat of the summer, no one was going to cut their energy off so that they were sweltering in their homes in New Orleans summer. So it was like it was a hold on... Was it during COVID?
1: It, it, no, there, there, there was a portion of through, through COVID, but then this one came. Um, the city council passed this. We're in still July. in one right now, and it, it ends at the end of the month of October. So right. in o- October, that one would, would roll away. But I, 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 I think this is such an important point because I strongly believe utilities are a human right.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: They are. We have to stop treating this like it's a commodity. for Why people. is it
0: a thing that we get to pro- like? Why do? Why is there so much profit involved in literally a basic right?
1: Think about it. One in six people Mm -hmm. have their utilities cut off at some point in time in their adult life. Mm -hmm. When I say utilities are right, uh, we think about how many people died in Hurricane Ida, not because of drowning or wind damage, but died because they, they heat died because they were trying to keep their medicine Cold. cool in their house and put in a generator and 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 poison themselves with carbon monoxide. Yeah. It, it is, And that's why I strongly believe not only that we need a moratorium in statewide, I want to put a ban on utility cutoffs. Yeah. Because I don't believe a for-profit entity should be determining someone's life.
0: Absolutely not. And,
1: and so that's why I've been working and I support – um, the resolution that was filed in Congress three weeks ago by Congresswoman Tlaib of Detroit and Bush of St. Louis and Presley um, of of Boston and, and Bowman of New York City to make sure that we put this ban in federal law as well mm-hmm. um, and, and just say like, you know what, we're not going to play with people's lives yeah. um, with utility cutoffs, but that's what energy does. they They run around and and they threaten people. and and, and we Well, they got, also
0: have a monopoly in yeah. our state, and so what other options do people have but to work under their restrictions?
1: And, and we don't think, and so we'll hear, and we've heard the current commissioner of District 3 talk about, well, Louisiana's bills aren't that expensive. We actually have some of the cheapest utility rates in the nation. And, and I tell everybody, pause when you hear that, because it's an energy talking point, and and it's what I call half-truths. So in terms of the flat rate, Yes, but what Louisiana does, just like we've always done with higher education tuition, we we, we have a low tuition rate, but mm-hmm. then we add all the fees up. Yeah, and then that's what energy does. It's it's a low it's a low rate on usage, mm-hmm. but there's nothing but fees. So many fees, and 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 we are the most impoverished state in the nation. Just came out um, two weeks ago from the U.S. Census uh, data fact book. Um, and plug for my job, if you go to the Louisiana Budget Project, you can read this (laughs) fact book. Um, um, It it, it showed that 29% of our population lives in poverty. Mm. One third of every child born in Louisiana is born into poverty. Half of every black child born in Louisiana is born into poverty. When we want to talk about educational equity and we want to talk about making sure students have the, the things to succeed, it is very hard for you to complete your homework when you go home and there's no lights on.
0: Absolutely. Or no internet.
1: Or no internet to use. I feel like that's very to, common. We, we're throwing Chromebooks. I mean, I'm a former elementary school teacher and I've been saying I've been screaming this for years. Uh, and the telecom companies have been buying Chromebooks and throwing them into the school. And I said, okay, that, that's beautiful that I'm giving every child a laptop. But when I know most students go home and their internet access is not through broadband, it's through cellular devices because it's not affordable for their family to put uh, 4G or fiber Mm. in their house, what good have we done? Accessibility is beyond just... Is it in the area accessibility is about do I have the resources to not have to determine whether or not I have the internet today or if I feed my children tonight,
0: right? And I think people, when they're like, Oh, give all the kids Chromebooks, they have Chromebooks, it's like, Ah, yes, but remember, if there's no power or internet at home, what good does this Chromebook do this child? Nothing, but remember, like you, we're putting band aids, we need to go for the systemic stuff, the Absolutely. systemic stuff, and surprisingly, it always goes back to for profit
1: companies, yeah, <laughs> surprise, surprise, just like. Just like when we, uh, everyone talks about this and I don't want to discount the support about the $150 credits mm-hmm. that Energy oh, decided yeah. to do. Let, let, let me remind everybody. Energy has made more money in the last two years than it's ever made in its life.
0: Which is so wild. Wild
1: under as we've had four major hurricanes within the last two years, just mm. four or three, depending on which, how you count them, hit this state. When it came down to Energy finding ways to give money, they utilized it through the United Way so they could get a tax credit mm-hmm, and a tax break mm-hmm. and gave $150, and we found out that literally it only serviced 4,000 people.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: 4,000 people. Remember, that's why I say pu- public policy is important when we know 29% of our state uh, is impoverished and then another 30% is what we call ALICE, if you've ever heard of that from the United Way, mm-hmm. which ALICE is... Uh, it's called Asset Limited Income Constraint. And what that means is I am one life event off right. from then going into poverty, which right. means I'm more on a fixed income. I'm above poverty. So
0: would you say th- 30% of Louisiana? So literally 50% of,
1: of our, our state yeah. would be either classified impoverished mm-hmm. are classified a life event. So that may be a flat tire. Right. That may be Transmission a, going a, up. a battery yeah. that may mean your electricity bill going up $200. Mm-hmm. And so now you are stuck out of pocket, out of pocket yeah. in the red. Yeah. And so when we aren't taking that into account as public policy leaders mm-hmm. and looking at the facts on the ground, not just the, the talking points that a company says, like look at Colorado, they're paying 200 more mm-hmm. It's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison.
0: Right. Well, then my other follow-up question with you is I know you like to say that you're a consensus builder. And I, I would like you to explain what that means a little bit. But I guess one of my concerns is say you get in that office and you are surrounded by conservative Louisiana people that do not want these same things. How do you build that consensus? Oh, yeah.
1: That's a very good question. So I always start from the premise of when I say consensus builder, I, I am I, – I tell this to people. I am unwavering in my beliefs, but not unworkable in accomplishing those goals. Mm. And so what that means is I I used to say, uh, um, and I used to teach debate that- Oh, I'm so surprised. (laughs) I'm so surprised, I know. So shocked. I always told my students when I was a teacher or when I was a debate coach that you never truly know what you're for until you can tell me why you're against Mm -hmm. something. And so when I talk about consensus building, it means I do a lot of listening to understand. Um, and, I, and I separate this because I know a lot of times people assume that when I am understanding a conservative, I am agreeing with a conservative. That's not what I'm doing. I need to know what you think because sometimes I have found ways where you can get to the same result just by understanding what they mean. And so the example that I, I use when I talk about a consensus builder is um, I've been leading the fight across the nation in louisiana and with other partners on student loan debt cancellation which we're really proud we got we want more we could talk about that on another day <laughs> but i knew i knew we needed to do state work on that and so i was really concerned that nobody should uh go broke or not be able to afford a, or get a job because of student, loan, student debt. loan debt on the books in 2000 as early in 2018 louisiana had a law that says um, occupational licensing board. So, if you are a nurse, if you're a teacher, if you're a cosmetologist, that if you default on your student loans, the state of Louisiana could revoke your license. Oh my god! Could revoke your license. They don't so, want you to
0: make money anymore, so you'll never pay those loans. So you'll never
1: pay. It. We took se- in in the middle of the healthcare crisis, we took seventy seven nursing licenses away. Wow. I teamed up with the one of the most conservative women in the in the state legislature, Julie Emerson. Um, a radical conservative out of care of course. she probably would like that I called her radical <laughs> the, the the policy director of the Republican caucus. And I said, "Hey, we have a problem because I listened, and I knew she cared about barriers to work. She didn't like how hard it was for people to have to pay um, extraordinary fees to be cosmetologists. And so even though I was coming from the I don't believe college, And debt should cost you your job. And she was basically like, we should make it easier for people to work. Because I understood her, Mm -hmm. I built a consensus and made progress on a policy. And so when I talk about being a consensus builder, it is using moments like that um, to find ways to increase. Because I'm a big believer in what what, what Ted Kennedy used to say. A half a loaf is better than no loaf. And if I can Mm -hmm. get you... Without making you think you're agreeing with me, but just on your own position, yeah, I'm going to work on you. Right. And that's the type of consensus work, but it's also holding them accountable. So it's not giving up. So when Julie Emerson votes against uh, women and she votes against children and she votes against economic security, I don't let that – oh, we worked on this, stop me from saying you still didn't do right by people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's where I say unwa- unwavering in my beliefs but not unworkable.
0: Right, okay. And so how are you going to do that in the Public Service Commission?
1: Well, I think it's a, it's the same approaches. We hear the same things about concerns about utilities. But I think what 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 we've seen is the conservatives, when they talk about renewable energy, talk about the cost. And they talk about investments only in terms of the company and not what's on us. Um, Let's be very clear. We know uh, Louisiana has some of the highest cancer rates Mm -hmm. because of our petrochemical plants. Mm -hmm. We know that uh, health is directly tied to economic status. Economic status is directly tied to where you live. Where you live is tied to environmental justice. And so I always say uh, environmental justice is racial justice, is economic justice. You cannot work on one issue and not work on the other two. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think the way... That we have to start doing this is calling that out, mm-hmm. um, and and what we need in the Public Service Commission more than anything, when you're in the minority, because um, let's be real, they'll be. If I'm elected, I'd be only one of I'd be one of two Democrats out of a five right body, maybe. right? So I'm I'm, I'm entering the minority. No no doubts about it. No secrets about that. Part of the job of the minority is to be and use the bully pulpit to inspire their people. Mm. So I may not be able to pull. Commissioner Mike Francis, who represents Southwest Louisiana, our Eric Scametta, who represents um, parts of Orleans and, and and some of the Florida parishes. But when I start telling people that, hey, you know, today we're voting on energy's profit margin, mm-hmm. they they are relying on people not knowing. Right. And part of the job of the minority is to expose what the majority is doing. Right. 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 And so a commissioner can't just say, well, I sat there and I I voted against them and Mm -hmm. I told them they were bad, no, you have to be active. Mm -hmm. Because what I've always told people is apathy and leadership builds apathy in our community. Mm -hmm. If you're an apathetic leader who just is resolved that you're in the minority and nothing's gonna change, your community and the holistic community responds to apathy the same way. Mm -hmm. But when you are out there, I I, I mean, we can look at our friends in Texas. There is no Beto O'Rourke without Wendy Davis doing a a 17-hour filibuster. Absolutely. Her deciding to raise her voice inspired portions of Texas who were unaffiliated and un- and disillusioned with the process. And now they got in and we almost beat Ted Cruz in the well, Senate and we may beat uh, uh, Greg Abbott in the governor's race. But that's the type of work you do to start making change. You've I got mean, to be in the fight with people. I
0: feel like politics are becoming cool again. Um, yeah. I mean, there's no other way for me to say it. Like. Frankly, I think social media has given so much leverage to the younger generation to finally get it and right. to like. Th- I mean, th- this podcast is not political, but it's incredibly political. You are the first politician. Well, that's not true. We had Bob Murrell on here, but he wasn't actively running for anything right. when I had him on. Um, Love him.
1: Shout out to him. Shout yeah, out to you Bob.
0: He's the best. Did you grow up with Bob? You know Bob?
1: I know him. Yeah. I mean, I
0: know him from speech and debate. So. I-
1: I Circles. didn't know if you knew it from that.
0: Um, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so we've not had someone who's actively running for office on here for a many a reason. Um, but essentially, like, this podcast is just inherently political because I'm inherently pretty political. But life is,
1: what I told life you about, is life is political. Life is political. But
0: people don't want to be political because they are afraid of being controversial. They're afraid of being disliked. They're afraid of not ple- people pleasing or, you know, all right. the things. And I feel like politics are finally getting cool again.
1: Because I think it's, it's the <laughs> moment for people to realize that it's time. Um, and what I say is, so I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an activist by heart. My, my background has been activist politics. But it is time for us to be in the radical business of, I say, of telling the truth yeah and when we tell the truth, um it shakes things. I often tell people I have been more interested in my career and in what I'm doing and even running right now that our objective in leadership, whether it's nonprofit leadership or whatever it may be, is to build power for people rather than centering around people in power because that is how we are responsive to what is happening. And I think this moment That's is... That's how you get
0: people back, too. Yeah, this That's moment, how you get people back to it. This moment
1: requires us to say, at this point, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I hate that I quote him, but but it, it, I think it fits this moment of us being radical truth-tellers. In the words of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. what the hell do we have to lose? <laughs> it's true. It's really true.
0: <laughs> I feel very backed up against the wall lately. Right. So. so
1: what do we have to lose by finally calling out the system and ensuring that we are being responsive to people because right now our environment is the worst it's been. Our economy is the worst it's been. People's economic stability is the worst it's been. And, and what are we doing? We are circling the wagon and we are watching the 1% get richer and richer every single day.
0: I am looking for leaders like you who have the energy to lead in the way that I want. So what we do is we start looking for leaders and, supporting them and building them up. As, as For me, as the outsider that's not actively running for
1: anything. Well, that's what I do. I, that's, I just got mad as hell and said I'm going to do it because I asked oh, myself yeah. the question, if not me, then who? That's so true. Uh, and so that, that's, why, that's why I said, like, I, I have been um, in politics a long time, so people would look that up, but I have always been someone who has never put my purpose before privilege. Yeah. Um, and, and when I say, I'm sorry, never put privilege before purpose. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, many people, if you met me 15 years ago, would have thought I would have been some big DC lobbyist by now. And I said, that's not where I want to be because why am I going to? Why am I going to go be a lobbyist for Walmart when I know Walmart doesn't represent um, or, or care about low-income people the way that I do? Mm-hmm. Like I cannot ever. That's why. That's why every job I've had has been in the nonprofit sector right. because I've never been able to work for a corporation or, or, or in the private sector because of how I feel it does not value people. Now that's a personal choice. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I'm not faulting people who have made different choices in their lives um but but that is that that is me mm-hmm. and i think that has been uh the problem is oftentimes it's not rewarding and i'll be very honest this race has been hard because there are people who have worked with me for years who will whisper and say things but somebody told me today they said you know i was talking to somebody who was like davante's a, a brilliant mind he's a fierce advocate the only reason i'm not sure is he maybe too independent
0: oh my goodness gracious <laughs> we
1: have to take a break yeah we'll be back Hello, it's your host,
0: Mary Jacobs. I'm sitting here with my producer, Carrie Mulder, and we are so excited to be bringing you Planet NOLA this episode and every episode. We really believe in this podcast Mm -hmm. and the work it's doing in New Orleans to build community, to reach out to people, um, and we really love what we do. Yeah, we love our guests, we love our audience, our listeners, we love each other. It's just a big love fest so if you love this podcast and you believe in what we're doing it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing to our Patreon we just launched it the lowest tier is $5 Mm -hmm. and we are just really trying to get this podcast to pay for itself a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, maybe support ourselves just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We're both creative people who have a lot of projects and this is a big one in our lives. So if you love it as much as we love it, um, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing. There is bonus content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. It takes a deep dive into the episode, kind of circle back to some of the topics. They've been fun. Yeah, we basically record with the guests as soon as we're done their episode and do a more candid version of their podcast. Mm -hmm shorter but it's more self-effacing and it feels like just real real you yeah know? it's it's bts behind the scenes it's the bts so if you want more planet nola content you could subscribe to our patreon and mm-hmm. get it it would mean so much to us so okay mm-hmm. we'll let you go back to your episode now but please okay. consider thank you bye This episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness. Vitality is a functional training gym located in Metairie, Louisiana. And at Vitality, we focus on members as individuals. That's right. We don't want people together. We don't assume that everybody has the same goals when they step into our gym. We also don't push things like body ideals or diet culture. We try to focus on the full person. And we try to give an experience that matches that. We've got incredible coaches. We've got an incredible community. And if you're looking for a place to call your new gym home consider checking us out we offer a three free class trial that's right literally no commitment you can try three of our classes in a week to see if our gym is for you because ultimately we want people who want to be there and if it sounds like this might be the space for you please consider checking us out you can go to vitalitycommunityfitness.com click the contact button and get started Hello, we are back to Planet Nola. I'm still here with Devontae Lewis. We've been talking about the Public Service Commission, talking about why and how he is so political and why he is running for office. Um, Devontae, there is one other thing that I know that the Public Service Commission uh, has a hand in. Is that
1: prisoner phone calls? Absolutely. We have... Uh, we I'm speaking as I've already elected. but uh, um, <laughs> Manifest. But it, it's manifesting There's you no know, calling it. Um, but the, the rate... Um, that is paid uh, or the rate that is set is, is under the jurisdiction of, of the PAC. And the problem with this has been is that for too often we have called what's the what many in criminal justice reform would call um, the clawback provision, mm-hmm. which means what happens is you have the telecom communication companies directly negotiating with independent sheriffs mm-hmm. um, about that rate. And so what we know is they are building in um, incarcerated people's phone calls into their daily budgets, And this is why I say this is so dramatically important. The average income from somebody who is currently incarcerated before they were incarcerated is $20,000 a year. That's about the average of every person that's incarcerated. The average phone call right now per minute is 21 cents at Mm. the maximum of 15 15 minutes. So when you think about the average – family income of a person incarcerated is $20,000, which means that's roughly around, they make about $50 a day. Right. If their family member is incarcerated, they will spend up to half or even more than half of their yearly income if they utilized 15 minutes of a phone call every single day. To me, as I talk about human rights, I believe human interaction. Uh, Is a human right. And
0: keeping up with your family and your friends, your children, your partner. Yes.
1: We can't talk about recidivism. It has been shown that 80% of individuals who are incarcerated who had at least three contacts uh, a week with their family. Don't return. Do not return. Yeah. But we are talking about this as we can't do it. The state of Connecticut, if you are incarcerated, your phone calls are free. Mm. The state of massachusetts the first 30 minutes Mm -hmm. a month Mm -hmm. are free Mm -hmm. Um, we have to start thinking about a different technology of video calling because we know telephones are uh, are becoming a little bit more obsolete we we, i'd rather zoom you than than talk on the phone with you right right Um, and so we have to consider that but this is at the jurisdiction of the psc and let's be clear the the it has been a battle because we've let AT&T and Cox and selling link and these companies say, oh, you know what? No, it, it, it cost us. Mm. And, and, and then the sheriffs come in and they throw back a kickback and, and say, of well, course. I'll write you a check because it, you're, you're going to take it out of my budget. I, I don't think human interaction should be part of your budget. Mm-mm. No, you, you have you have sucked and dried this state of funds. We spend more giving money to the shares than we do to our public education, but we, we can't do it. And so this is this is why I say economic justice is environmental justice, but also human justice a uh, racial and racial justice, because the problem that I've found with the Public Service Commission is people don't think about policy mm. and the intersectionalities of poverty mm-hmm. uh, of, of policy. And I was going to my next point, which is poverty. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because if you aren't really taking into account of poverty, that twenty-one cents doesn't mean anything to you if you don't break down that the average person incarcerated makes twenty thousand yeah. dollars. So that's fifty dollars a day. That's Wait. half their salary. People
0: don't, don't understand the intersections of all of these things and right. how they all add up to a whole picture.
1: And so when you divorce that, it's not real. And and and, and to the amazing Ayanna Presley, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, I, I I bought her a sweatshirt and I've. B- b- bought a, a rally sign that sits into my office that says policy is my love language. <laughs> because if you really want to tell me you care about things, it's not about what you say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, not even about what you do, it's about the policies you support. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I in this moment when we hear so many people say, I care about women, but then they then they actively take women's reproductive rights away. Yeah. Like, no, your policy shows me you don't love me well, the way this you is a say struggle, you
0: do. This is a struggle I face as a queer woman. I am a queer woman in a queer relationship. I'm going to marry another woman and I have family that loves and supports me, but actively would vote against my right to probably ha- get married, have kids, they don't realize they're doing that, but they're voting for people that believe those things. And it's like, you can show me you love me by supporting me in this huge way. It, just showing up to my engagement party is not actual support right. if you're going to vote for people that are going to strip me from my rights.
1: Policy is love. And, and that's why I tell people, people have convinced themselves and, and we don't recognize that that harm doesn't have to just be done individually. Harm is done through policy. I mean, I, I I've today we heard uh, the Supreme Court take up the redistricting case um, uh, in Alabama, which has a lot of um, <laughs> Alabama man. Has a lot of it's, they they morphed in the Louisiana case today as well. Um, and I'm a plaintiff on that wow, case, suing okay. the state of Louisiana for what I believe was an unconstitutional racist uh, gerrymander. And, and what I told people and why I did that is, that I, and, and to members who are like, "Why do you keep saying this is racist?" I said, "You don't have." to be racist to me because I think we, 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 have, let, we have let history sometimes distort us. Mm-hmm. That because you're not overtly racist or you're ov- overtly homophobic or you are not personally using slurs, that somehow you are not enacting harm. Policy.
0: Enacts harm.
1: Is violence. Yeah. Policy can be used as violence. When you tell me uh, I, I don't have a right to marry who I want or I don't have a right to do um, what I want with my body or have control over my body, I don't have the right to equal representation. I don't have the right to a phone call. I don't have the right to breathe clear, clean air or drink fresh don't water. Don't tell me
0: you care about me then. Then don't,
1: don't tell don't me. Don't pretend like you're advocating for the people. not pretend like you're not harming me yeah. because you are actively harming me it, because you are yes. denying rights or you're invoking harm yourself. And so that's why I say it, it, it requires this moment. Uh, it's so important that we focused on policy because that's where the harm is being done. Mm. And that's also where the promise for tomorrow is, yeah. is in policy. Um, and I think that's kind of the most important trait that we have, to, we have to work on and deal with.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hear you. I'm right there with you. It seems like our politics line up. Pretty pretty well I'm very radical And I, I was curious Like I was like I definitely need to ask you About the prison Call situ- situation Because I'm a huge advocate To Break apart This for profit Prison system That runs our nation yeah. And Louisiana Is Disgusting With what we do with to our prisoners here alabama oh my god when you said alabama i was thinking about what's going on there with their prisoners right they're, they're currently having prisoners on hunger strike because of the i mean i call it slave labor it is essentially the labor these people do in prison they make what pennies like yeah they think about orders an hour it, it is disgusting that i this don't know if most
1: people know this when you come to the state capitol and i'm there a lot advocating for for, for our causes. The, the cooks in the kitchen is prison labor. The, when there is a water spilled in the hallway of the Capitol, it is incarcerated individuals who mop it up. When members finish a committee hearing where they may have voted against the very people, telling them you have no rights to, be, to not be put in solitary confinement, and they leave their, the bill on the desk. They go clean it up. It's an incarcerated individual who cleans it up. And so our state has perpetuated this problem. And and, and my issue is I often tell people I, I'm a strong believer in accountability. And too often, and I may get in trouble for this, too often some of our own friends, our allies who are elected, sit there and assume because they're in the mor- minority, they shouldn't say anything. Are, well, guess what? I'm, I'm trying to get this done, so I'm not going to fight. And my point is when do we stop letting human rights? not be our fight yeah when did we stop saying we'd rather work inside the system than recognize our goal because this system was never built for us it was it wasn't built by us and it wasn't built with us in mind that i stopped trying to assimilate to the system and i start doing what i'm supposed to do which is dismantling this system dismantling the system of white supremacy that has existed in the state of louisiana too long dismantling this Overabundance of capitalism that has a chokehold on one of the <laughs> the most impoverished state in the nation. Absolutely, dismantling misogyny <laughs> that has that has ruled our state. And I tell people when we say, "Well, well, that's the way things have been." Yes, it was done that way without a lot of us. Uh, and, and I tell people I am not interested in getting a seat at your table. Mm -hmm. I'm interested at being in a room where the table was made for me to be at and now I can participate. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to just...
0: And I had a say in how that table was made. Yes, Right.
1: So I'm not just interested in just getting in these spaces and then sitting there because I still wasn't made for this space. I'm interested in saying, how can I get other people in this space? Who else should be in this room? Not just now me. And so I think that is the the long-term work. And, and, And I say this a lot. I say we have to return... To what I like to say, the dare to dream—that we got to dream that things can be better. Absolutely. And 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 that doesn't negate um, struggles. I like to say um, I don't believe in optimism because optimism is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It is something that that I feel, and right now I don't feel good. Yeah. But I have what I call authentic hope, mm-hmm. which means I am not blinded. I see the struggle. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, the 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 barriers. But I am hopeful that if I dare to continue pushing on, that one day, I may not see it, Mm. somebody else will reap the benefits of the fights that we took on in this moment.
0: I mean, that's how every movement starts. Right. There was a world where we had slavery. Women couldn't vote. Gay people couldn't get married. Gay people could go to jail. Like, all of these movements have started at some point, and what is People are becoming desensitized to the struggle and I think it's because we get an overabundance of information most of the time because of the internet but people are becoming desensitized to human rights violations which is what we're saying. So it is important that people are loud in making the fight so I really appreciate you making the fight and I feel like it's really easy to focus on you know the struggle but what I'm going to ask you to do now is focus on I think it's Octavia Butler or Audre Lorde basically they're like They say something about like activists shape like they make fantasy reality. Right. Right. So the idea is if you can make something exist in your head as a fantasy, it can then exist in reality only through the work. You have to imagine it first. So this is you. This is your public service commissioner role. You have accomplished every single goal that you've set out to do. What does it look like?
1: Absolutely, I like to say I love that quote that you just mentioned, and I like to say every policy is possible. Mm. I mean, I think we forget that sometimes. Uh, Absolutely, it, 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 it's possible. Now, plausibility—that's a different conversation. Right now, sometimes.
0: we're we're scraping to be heard, right? And it's like once we get in there, you know, like once we're getting in there, we're gonna be able to scrape to get it done.
1: Absolutely. So, so my possible is one that we have moved to 100% renewable energy by at least. 2035 um, that falls in line with the Louisiana climate action plan but that means we are using um, solar and wind and not falling for the, the 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 kind of new energy catch item of the day carbon capture which we know still produces a lot of significant problems. I think always also we have as a what I call the ratepayers Bill of Rights where we are examining and ensuring there're not excessive fees where we have fixed billing for our people with disabilities and our senior citizens because we know most of the time they're on fixed income and a $100 change in their utility bills is not right we make we have fixed billing for them in other areas why can't we do it in utilities mm-hmm. it's also a as i talked about earlier a more a complete ban on utility service cutoffs that's not the way to recoup money i don't think you you practically push people to death to try to get paid Um, in that it's also building competition. So it is Breaking up the monopoly, but not just deregulation, because I think a lot of people realize when you add competition to a utility company, it, it requires a part of deregulation to allow these other investor-owned billionaires to come in. I, I'm not 100% in favor of that. I think there's a spot for it, but it has to be regulated. But it's about municipalization. Mm-hmm. Let's give utility service back to local governments mm-hmm. and local power because you are going to be more responsive to the needs um, when you are when you are owned by your local entity rather than a shareholder or a for-profit company this requires tackling corruption which means completely eliminating the ability of entities that are regulated by the psc to donate uh, to candidates and elected officials on the psc that
0: is so nuts that that's allowed
1: wildly allowed let me tell you 80 percent of the incumbents money right now comes from entities that are regulated by
0: that I mean, that's American the, the, politics, right? Just generally, but it when you hear it, you remember every time. It just should not be that way. It but just it, should but, not be but that let's way.
1: let's look at it, Louisiana. To its defense, recognize that in other places, if you're on the gaming commission, you're not allowed to to, to collect money from. Oh, casinos. Well, because
0: gambling is bad.
1: If you're on the race, tr- if you're on the, uh, the the horse the horse race commission you can't accept money cuz
0: gambling is really you bad you can't
1: accept money from that but for some odd reason if i am doing the same type of regulation that the gaming board does to a casino and i'm doing it to a utility company all of a sudden their executives and them can give me money it doesn't make any sense
0: it doesn't And that's make
1: the sense. life-threatening but we have the power of keeping people alive yeah um so i think that that's that is the possible is we can root out that corruption uh, we can root. We can root out that those, those laws, and we can talk about maybe public, uh, which I believe needs to happen, public financing of campaigns in the state of Louisiana, um, to to ensure uh, more participation. Um, also, ranked choice voting, because we know that's how they that's how they they bully this race is that they will energy will 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 have their back candidate, but then put in another candidate at a lower level, but give them enough funds to hopefully. Bump them. Bump them up, so then it's it's their choice, whatever. Right. Uh, and, and then lastly, it's, it's it's investing in green jobs and cleaning up our grid. I mean, 85% of our, our grid is used by natural gas. 3% renewable energy. We know renewable is cheaper. It is better for our environment, better for our health, better for our economy. But we're choosing not to do it because energy wants to sell you the highest yeah, product profit. because yeah. – because Gas is natural gas is going to be higher, which means their bills will be higher, which means they hit their profit margin at an easier rate. Mm. It's going to be much harder. And so this is this is the path forward. That's the Louisiana. It is a Louisiana where we are not um something that we haven't talked about that is that I think is one of the most important traits of the Public Service Commission is they are in charge of pipelines and eminent domain. Mm. So when a pipeline wants to come and wants to steal a farmland in St James or St Charles Parish, or wants to, or, or wants to cut through Cancer Alley in the River Parishes. Um, there's no process really for people to say, "Hey, I don't, I don't want that pipeline." The, the company can come before the PSC approve it, and guess what? You find out after the fact that guess mm. what? The government now is taking. 15, 15 feet of your land to put a pipeline that could blow up your house if something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it is changing that process that no, there needs to be an intervention phase yeah. and that the public... The people should the have people a say. And the people should have a say whether or not a pipeline comes through their community. And so that is what we can have in Louisiana. And even though that myself, if elected, I am a strong believer in admitting that and, and not giving false promises that one elected official, one person, one election will make the difference. I'm going to be very honest with that. Electing me doesn't mean we we hit all these goals. Electing me doesn't even mean we can get all these goals. But what I can do is I can ensure that we keep the conversation because as we know, it sometimes you got to chip, mm-hmm. you got to you got to chip, chip, chip away, and my mm-hmm. that's what my point about being a consensus builder earlier was. I may not be able to bulldoze that brick wall right away. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna beat it down brick by brick as as, as hard mm-hmm. as I can.
0: Yeah, you got a lot of fight in you. That's very obvious.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't give up. My mama will tell you. I'm warned you. Um I have never been And when I was in high school. Um my motto was question authority, and and, and I'll briefly oh, my God, tell that's
0: you. That's my motto now. That is my
1: motto. <laughs> and, and I'll briefly tell you what that means for me. So I was in my senior year of high school, and we had uh, the consent decree, which desegregated, um, Calcasieu parish. And what we were doing was busing students back and forth. My high school had become overpopulated. There was a bond up to add a ninth grade campus, do all those capital improvements, whatever the school board president came to my, my class to try to convince us to be the face of ending busing. Um, he forgot that I was the president <laughs> of the debate team. So of course I wasn't letting that conversation uh-uh. go out of its way. Yeah. Um, and finally, he stopped the debate. And he looked at me. and He said, "Devonte, like, why do you care so much? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, because I'm one of those bus students that you want to get rid of. Yeah. And without missing a beat, he looked me in his eyes and he goes, well, you know, for someone like you, there would have been an exception.
0: Oh, OK.
1: And I said, well, make me feel good. Yeah. I said, so what about my sister? Who's in ninth grade? He says, oh, well, it'll be family. I said, well, what about my cousins who live down the street from me? And he goes, well, you know what, Devontae? if you, if you think you know so much, why don't you run for school board and do something? So on graduation day, when he handed me my diploma, I handed him a push card and said, well, guess what? (laughs) I'm going to take you up on that. So I ran for school board at 18, challenging, challenging everything in our system. Uh, I was student body president of McNee State University during Governor Jindal's time. Mm. And I was one of the only people, students at the Capitol, screaming about these tuition these tuition increases are going to harm people. These budget cuts are going to harm people.
0: You've been fighting the fight for a long time.
1: Yeah. I, I'm at the Capitol even before I run. saying fighting against CRT, fighting for minimum wage and health care because, like I said, I—, I my personal email, and if you ever get an email from me, you'll see it. At the bottom of it, it says, passion without action is a wasted emotion. Yeah. And the passion that I have calls me to act and and that's been in various roles well
0: that is clear Devonte lewis <laughs> all right we're running out of time i've got one last question yeah, for you let's it's, go it's the same last question i ask every member every every guest on our show and this show is about people in new orleans that are doing cool things that i think are cool just some people that need some more light shined on them who's the first person that comes to mind when i tell you that you think i should have on the show
1: Ooh, and we can
0: a, we can go statewide since you're going to be representing a big part of Louisiana, not
1: just New Orleans. So statewide, yeah, I think um, a person who who basically really always um, it, it inspires me, and, and I just saw him at the ADL convening as Will Snowden, who has been a, a, a true champion um, in, in in criminal justice. Um, and really reforming that system, but I will I will do another plug because I, 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 I thought of somebody else um, and, and that would be Ashley Shelton who is uh, the executive director and CEO of the Power Coalition of Equity and Justice who has been building power for us. They have been um, they she right now is in D.C. at the Supreme Court uh, fighting the fight took a busload of students from Southern Xavier Ooh. Dillard. Um, to fight for our rights, for fair redistricting maps, and to make sure that they were in that moment when we saw the first black woman on the Supreme Court defend the right to ensure that black people had equal representation in Congress and in their state legislature. Um, So I think that work is just so important, not just here and when it, it's an election season, but that organizing for our our rights but with our young people because i think we are sleeping on youth and if we think of every movement in our country whether it is the anti-vietnam movement the civil rights movement the women's rights movement stonewall it has always been people 18 to 24 on the front line and so Mm -hmm. we need to ensure that we're still mobilizing and motivating these 18 to 24 year olds now
0: incredible i totally agree with you thank you so much Devante Lewis. thank you y'all thank you so much for listening remember to vote it's coming up there's a huge ballot that's going to be you got to look at all those measures you got to look at everything you got to do your homework okay it's important i'm going to try to let you guys know as much as i can i'm always updating the instagram so you can follow Devonte lewis you can follow planet nola thank you so much thank you all right y'all be in touch Thank you again to this episode's guest. Planet Nola is produced by Carrie Mulder and Mary Jacobs. If you liked what you heard here, please consider subscribing to us on YouTube or all your social media platforms and pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Also, if you really, really liked this episode, think about subscribing to our Patreon where we have tons of bonus content from this episode and more. Starts at just $5 a month and it would mean the world to us. Thanks so much, y'all, and be in touch.